My scripture is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles in the New Testament section on page 4. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who persecuted for righteousness snakes, for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. I think about the Beatitudes a lot of times in the sense of uh, this memory that I had that I shared with you when I first came back from Israel and Palestine is I go to the place of the Sermon on the Mount and as you walk in the Beatitudes are on these neat little signs as you walk in and then there's this story of I'm trying I'm grumpy when I get there and uh, I sit down to try to journal and everybody is being now loud and noisy and uh, at the whole time, I just was like, I didn't want to be here, and I don't want to be here. And then this nun comes walking out of the door, and she's screaming, Basta, Basta, you all be quiet, you know. <laughs> and then I have this image of coming back to this moment, and this idea of Jesus preaching this sermon on the side of a mountain to all of these people. And it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. The Beatitudes are everybody's favorite thing to make a t-shirt of, to draw a picture of, uh, to put on fancy art projects and put them on placards, and we hang them up in our homes because the Beatitudes, well, let's face it, are awesome sounding Christian phrases. It's the thing that we're taught early on about these blessings. Historically, this is and has been told to me by multiple professors that this probably, most likely, 75% uh, would have been Jesus himself actually speaking these words. 
Now that matters. When you read the Gospels, you tend to read it and you go, oh, well, it's the red letter version. It had to have been Jesus' version. Well, I don't think Jesus had a publisher in the first century. And so in the first century, there were a lot of things that were said that Jesus said. You know, kind of like when you go down the street and you hear, well, I heard so-and-so say. This, after years and years and millennia of study and understanding this Sermon on the Mount, to imagine Jesus actually saying them, makes it and should make it more powerful. Notice that the Beatitudes qualities, it's about the present and the future, the passive and the active. It's in that place that our interests and our discoveries happen from this lesson. This is the first of five discourses in the Gospel of Matthew. In Luke, when you get this sermon, it's a lot different. Here, Jesus blesses believers because of what lies in store for them. These beatitudes hold out a present condition next to a future condition. Hence the phrase, the poor in spirit are connected to possessing the kingdom. Mourning is connected to comfort and obtaining that. The second half of each beatitude sees a wrong undone and a, or a good rewarded. It's an amazing passage of scripture that changes the way that we think about this. And I want to talk about blessings for just a second. Because we tend to forget how this actually worked. In the Hebrew Bible... Prophets are the ones that did blessings. You might ask, well, why? Well, because God blessed them to bless the others. In order for a Hebrew Bible prophet to bless others, there had to be anointing oil and a moment of God's direction and guidance. Probably one of the most vivid images that you have of this is the story of King David. Just to kind of refresh you, Samuel goes to Jesse's home. He starts to look through all of David's brothers. None of them are the one that God has chosen. Samuel looks at Jesse and says, hey, you got any more kids? And Jesse's like, well, I've got that little one out in the woods taking care of the sheep. Well, bring him in. And as soon as he comes in the door, Samuel knows that this is the one. And he doesn't just pour a little bit of anointing oil, it says he dumped the whole jar of it on top of David, thereby receiving the blessing of God to be the future king of Israel. There's other ways that you could bless people. You could bless people saying, I give you my blessing to carry on this work in my name. You see this with Romans specifically, with governors and senators handing down parchments from one senator to the other, getting all the way down to the small little suburban place of their urban areas and saying, yes, you have permission to eat this cheeseburger in my name. I have given you this blessing. 
These blessings usually came in the forms of parchments with wax signets on them. And, and, and in the midst of this, these blessings were a big deal. If the emperor blessed you, nobody could question it. It's just he was the God on earth. You can't question what the emperor has blessed. You're probably going, well, where's this going, Josh? If we believe that Jesus spoke these words, notice the difference of these blessings. It's as if God is speaking to these people already handing out the blessings that God has given. And they're not made by human hands. Blessed are the poor. For they will receive the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, right? Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. It's as if God is speaking to the people and the blessing has gone and transcended any human interaction. Only God can do those things. And then we, as Jesus' followers, continue to pass that on. You can't avoid the understanding that these blessings are from God and not from the emperor, not from the prophets. Jesus is the only person that can do that. The Beatitudes are for those of us who are standing in God's presence, whether it's in Sunday morning, or whether it's online, or it's maybe it's just in the midst of this, we recognize that we are spiritually bankrupt every time we come to this place, every time that we come to God in prayer, that we have exuded every aspect of what we have to follow God in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're just spent. And then God continues to bless us. You see, God blesses those of us who are not so successful. Those of us who aren't experts at being spiritual, that's who Matthew says Jesus blessed on that day. He blessed the not so successful. Did you ever notice those kind of people that were following Jesus? Imagine it for a minute. It's, it's that guy with the trick knee and the Probably the bad back. It's the, it's the woman who knew what sitting at the back of the bus felt like. It's that kid who got mixed up in the wrong crowd. The not-so-successful people first heard those words on the side of a mountain as Jesus spoke to them in such a way as one that ruled with authority and spoke with the authority of God. But what about the disciples that sat there? Well, let's be honest, they weren't exactly the cream of the crop either. <laughs> Two were fishermen, and we're, we're led to believe that that meant that they, they had a salty mouth. One, a, a small-time crook tax collector. 
Another one that kind of stuck his head in, in the books and never ever pulled his head out of the books to see what was going on. Another was a petty thief. And at least one part was a group like Hamas militants who went around carrying out assassinations against Jews loyal to Rome. The urban legend is that those were known as Iscariots. Yet apparently, the only thing that shared in common was the simple fact that they all knew that when it came to what mattered in life, they were all poor, spiritually bankrupt. To be aware of our not-so-successful spiritual condition is not the end of the journey, but the beginning. The starting point in the life of a Christian. Jesus begins the journey of the disciples by blessing them and us. If we choose to follow him. I'm in the business of helping people find sure answers. Certain solutions of, that help firm faith. And challenge our spiritual com uh, competency. We live in a world that's complacent as to the things of God. And Jesus wants to inspire us by these beatitudes. That they become the attitude of our life that is way, way beyond anything that humans can understand. So from a humble place, I would like to take this opportunity to bless us all. Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, we ask that you bless our troubled souls, our questioning minds, our insatiable skepticism, those moments that we think that we've fallen from grace. Be with us as we stumble in the dark and in those moments of bungling our morality as we fail at faith and as we recognize that we are troubled believers. God, we ask that you bless the poor in spirit. For Jesus has promised us the kingdom. And God's table is all of ours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.